Hi, welcome to Conversations on the Rocks, the show where my guest determines the topic. I am Kristen Dokus, your host, and this week we're chatting with the wife of an airline pilot and the many, many misconceptions that people have about what that life looks like. So grab your favorite cocktail or beverage and let's get started. Hi, this is Kristen, and you're listening to Conversations on the Rocks, the podcast that lets our guest lead the discussion. And today I've got my good friend Stacy on, and Stacy and I are going to talk about what it's really like to be the wife of an airline pilot. Hi, Stacy. Hi, Kristen. How are you? I'm as good as anybody can be these days. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to try not to have too many of these episodes too focused on the virus. Actually, they're not going to be focused on it at all. But considering that is the overwhelming existence of all of our lives, I'm sure it will That's the common up. denominator, right? <laughs> yeah. Sadly, who knew that a virus would be the glue that binds us all together? <laughs> So um, we're going to talk today. You are the wife of a pilot. And how long have you been the wife of a pilot? That almost sounds like a Jimmy Buffett song, doesn't it? Well, you know, I, as a matter of fact, I think Jimmy is, um, yeah, like, as I call him Jimmy, like I know him. Um, (laughs) I think he is, isn't he a pilot? I think he has his private pilot license but anyway I'm sure, but, but like I, what's the song son of a pirate so this is kind of the same thing it's wife of a pilot <laughs> yeah <laughs> or son of a sailor but yeah son of a sailor um, that's it well. yeah yeah uh, so as a matter of fact I will be a pilot's wife for 21 years um on April 24th wow. so 21 years yeah and what's changed from the like back in the you know how how did you know the two of you embark into this how was it at the very beginning because our world was very different obviously 21 years ago it was very different so when i when we first met he was actually he was not with what they call mainline airlines like the the big name airlines that you know today he was flying charters to the bahamas so we sort of lived that we were little people in a big pond and we knew (laughs) lots of um, people with money. So we got to island hop a little bit um, back in the day. And so that was kind of fun. But we knew that we couldn't live on that salary forever because it's not that much. And of course, it was my husband's dream to be with an airline. So we started out, he uh, got on with a commuter. It's called a, it's called a commuter. It's when you fly the smaller airplanes, um, when you're going from short hops, Those are actually, he was with a wholly owned subsidiary of a larger airline for about five years or so. And that was, it was good. We we didn't have um, kids and he moved up. Everything in the airlines is done by seniority. So he moved up pretty quick in seniority. So he ended up getting pretty decent schedules. He moved into the captain's seat after a couple of years. And so, and so life was good. And then um, 9-11 hit. How was that? That was that was hard. I was pregnant with our first child. And um, we went from being able to take advantage of the free flying, which is a lot of people, I don't know if a lot of people know this or not. It's called non-revving. You don't have to pay for a seat, but it's space available. If there's space for you on the plane, you can fly. If not, you have to wait for the next flight. So we went from being able to, you know, go visit family in Texas, do some touring around the U.S. just because that's what our schedules allowed because I was working too. We went from that to having a baby post 9-11 and uh, instead of 
just flying for free down to Texas to see my in-laws, we would have to buy a ticket because all the flights were oversold. They just changed the dynamic of the industry. It was really stressful. And uh, then the furloughs came and stop me if you have questions. So did the furloughs come after 9-11? Yeah, because well, what happened, you know, the, the airline, the industry struggled and um, I'm trying to nutshell it for you. So he, um, we moved from Eastern North Carolina to around the Charlotte area. And he got on with a smaller, bigger charter company at the time. He was based out of Chicago, Midway. So he commuted from Charlotte to Chicago there. And when you start over with an airline, you start completely over with your salary. Really? Um, absolutely, yeah. So we were making, he was not pulling in a whole lot because he had to build up seniority. And as you build up seniority, then you get your salary increased and all that stuff. And we also had um, one child who was you in speech therapy and occupational therapy. And that took a lot of our time and our money because insurance didn't pay for all of that. And had I gone back to work, what I do for a living, which was in mental health and developmental disabilities, it would not have made we wouldn't have come out ahead. We would just be paying for childcare. So I was at home with two little ones and he was gone a lot, sitting reserve. It was, it, it was, those were tough days. Those were lean days, you know, but he, uh, when I say furlough, what happened, the charter company that he was with at the time because of 9-11 went under. And so he was furloughed and was unemployed for a while and then got on with yet another company, um, had to start over again junior um, and move his way back up. And then the company that he now flies for bought the company that he was working for. And fortunately, those the pilot, the two pilot groups merged. So he didn't lose salary there and he didn't lose a whole lot of seniority. So that's helped. So now the weight is off and those were lean and tough years, but it's, it's good now. So what is the biggest misconception or what is the question? Well, we can do both. What's the biggest okay. misconception about being a pilot? Being a pilot or being a pilot wife? Both. Both. Okay. Probably that you uh, make a lot of money easily um, and that you can fly for free anywhere, anytime and that it's, that it's, you know, easy to do. Um, and it's not, it's not. So those are, you know, the two questions I, I, or I've had comments to me <laughs> say, well, your husband's a pilot, so you can afford A, B, and C. <laughs> that's, that's not always the case. I kind of have to bite my tongue or politely explain that that's not the case. And then people think, oh, well, you must travel all the time. Well, no, I have two kids in school. And even if not, you know, so often flights are still, they're oversold. So getting on a flight can be kind of difficult, especially for four, if we want to take all four of us. Right. I can imagine just one of you, it might be a different story. Are you able to fly without P? Uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. I can. If so I like so if you choose, decided, yeah. I need to go to, I don't know, Aruba <laughs> and escape, <laughs> yeah. escape the crazy. Yeah. Yeah. No, I could. I could, but right now it's just not feasible just with the kids. I've got a senior in high school who we're trying to launch <laughs> and a freshman in high school. So um, Aruba's out for right now. <laughs> yeah, I think, well, that plus, you know, myriad of other reasons that it might be uh, Yeah, out. exactly. Oh, yeah. Um, I know you are in a couple of private Facebook groups of other pilot spouses. And in the past, you've just kind of shared some of the, I won't say crazy, but let's, for lack of a better word, some of the crazy yeah. comments and frustrations mm -hmm. that especially, it sounds like it's the younger, newer 
spouses or wives. Right. I would think, yeah, I think it is. Um, Yeah. One of my biggest, biggest pet peeves, and I think this goes with any marriage, whether it's uh, no no matter what industry, but um, the thing that I really loathe to hear is I didn't sign up for this. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that he was going to be gone this long. I didn't know that I was going to be stuck with the kids for weeks on end when he's sitting reserve in another city. And that, that, that drives me crazy. Cause that, that's obviously it boils down to relationship issues. But Absolutely. When, but when you say I didn't sign up for this, yeah, you did, you did. And uh, so, and that's something that I knew what I was signing up for. Has it always been easy? No. No, but I signed, that's what I signed up to do. Right. You knew going in. I knew going in and. uh, That's almost the equivalent uh, of uh, a military spouse, you know, when they get, when they get deployed and saying, Mm -hmm. what do you mean you're going to be gone for six months at a time? So at least as a pilot's wife, you've got it better than that because usually it's just a couple of days a week. Let's talk a little bit about your um, day-to-day life because I'm sure those are some challenges with the entire, but you know, again, it's, it's just adapting the schedule, but what's a typical week look like for you guys? A typical week for us and his particular company's um, schedule, he is gone for three days, home for four. Um, and those three days are typically, his schedule is done by month. So we know about a month ahead in advance what his, what his schedule is going to look like. So for instance, last, I can't remember, say he's gone. Um, <laughs> days, Tuesday, have no, days have no meaning anymore. Right? I'm telling you. So say he's gone Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then he's home Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. But one of those days may be a commuting day for him because we don't live in base. He is based in Baltimore. So he will fly from a closer airport and report in Baltimore and start his trip from there. So he's either, he may be gone on that instead of home for, he, it just depends. Uh, but so with that being said, we, we do get into kind of a routine, but I think for me, I call them transition days, the days that he leaves and the days that he comes home can be kind of difficult because especially when the kids were smaller, you know, we would get into our daily routine, say by day two, we're clicking along, we're doing our daily routine. And on day three or four, when daddy comes home, that all gets kind of jumbled up again. And he's ready for, you know, time with the family. And I'm ready to be like, dude, I'm done, you know, or whatever. And so you have to kind of step lightly and be respectful of each other and each other's needs. And just like any other relationship, that's why communication is key. And especially when you've got uh, a dynamic like that, uh, again, going back to the military comparison, it's agreed, it's a much longer period of time. Mm -hmm. However, by the same token, it's to say, you are doing the day-to-day family life. You're doing the grocery shopping and the the running the kids to the sports and the this and the that. And then it's almost like adding a new person into the routine Yeah. And it kind of, like you said, it upsets the apple cart a little bit. I can, I would bear with me here when I say sometimes it feels like even the military wives, as far as scheduling goes, almost have it a little better than a a commercial airline pilot wife. Because when you are deployed for six months at a time, you often rely, and from what I understand, you often, you have this village. Right. You know, everybody is in the same boat. Everybody, you know, they're very empathetic to what you're going through. And especially when you don't live on base with commercial airlines, 
people don't always understand how you're, how you work or how you're, you know, it's, it's hard to ask people around for help when they don't really understand the dynamic that you rely heavily on your village. Mm-hmm. And so it, it takes a while to get used to be able to ask for help, especially somebody like me who's hardheaded. Just want to, I just want to do it all. I don't, you know, I don't want to bother anybody. I don't want to. With I think with military families, there's there's an understanding there, whereas with a uh, commercial aviation, maybe not so much. Right. Um, so what are some of the highlights of it, though? What are some of the what are, other than like being able to conceivably go wherever you want to. I have to imagine it's also a pretty close-knit community. Interestingly enough, it is. I think a lot, well, for a lot of people who live um, in base, uh, particularly with the company that he flies for, they have a very strong culture that they share. And there are always events, activities happening to bring to bring those families together. And with us not living in base, we don't get to experience a lot of that. We, if we, we are more than welcome to go to one of those bases and participate and whatever, but we just haven't. So our experience is a little bit different, but I will say that from what I read online, it does look like there is, there's a good time to be had when they, when they do that. So I would say that is one of the highlights. And then for us, it's just, it's just something outside the norm. We are not cookie cutter kind of people. I don't know what that, what I'm trying to say when I say that. Um, we're not normal. It's, we're not, not, we're not typical. There you go. Not even that. Yeah. So it's just, it's not the eight to five. Oh, of course. That right. is something that I can say. I, so when he was um, furloughed for about six months, he actually went back to the small island hopping charter company in Florida one summer. And I went down to Florida with the boys. They were four and two at the time. And we lived in Florida for two weeks. And so we got to experience the eight to five life with two little ones. And I can tell you, I am so thankful that we don't live that life. It was stressful. It was really stressful because you, I can't imagine, like I talked about the transition days, yeah, we have a transition day and then it's over and we get into our routine for eight to five, well, eight to five people. You've got, he comes home at five o'clock or six o'clock. You're trying to get dinner on the table. The kids are cranky, all the things. And it's just so, and by the time everything happens and the kids are to bed, you're exhausted. You, there's, there's not a lot of time for the relationship because you're just like, you're done. And so I think that's one of the things that I've always appreciated about his job is that we, we're not eight to five people. Right, right. So the big C in the room, COVID-19, how has that impacted his life? And of course, by product, your lives, because, you know, there's a huge, I mean, he's putting himself at risk for, for the people that are flying, which we had a little bit of a discussion about this last time we were, you know, a couple of weeks ago when we were on zoom tail, (laughs) zooming cocktails, um, (laughs) talk a little bit about that. What's, what's he saying that he's seeing and what kind of precautions are the airlines putting in right now? So fortunately I will say that he has the month of April, this current month off, and he was still flying. He flew for about three weeks after 
two or three weeks after things really started to ramp up with COVID, he was still flying after quarantine placements were made and all that stuff. And from what I understand, they take extra precautions in, in the flight deck and they wipe everything down in between crews. In between flights, there's a whole different um, protocol for uh, cleaning the back of the plane, the seats and, and, and all of that. But he said that in the airport, it's like a ghost town. There's nobody. In fact, he, the last time he reported for work, he was walking down the terminal. There was nobody in the terminal. He went into the bathroom to put on his tie and epaulets. And um, the only person, uh, the only other person in the bathroom was the pilot, the captain that he was flying. So it was like, there was nobody there. Who are on these flights right now? Well, you know, we, he did say toward the, um, he, he, I remember him saying there were like six people going from New York to Florida and they're just everyday people. And this was, this was a couple of weeks ago and he didn't understand. I mean, they were just people still traveling. Not, I don't know, you know, they could have lo loved ones in one place or the other that they were trying to get to. I don't, or they were stuck one place. I don't know. But at this point he said that uh, right before he started vacation, he said they were just moving crews around, that there were really no paying passengers. There's one picture that I shared on Instagram, and I don't know if you saw it, and I can share it with you, but I thought it was really powerful. One of the um, flight attendants took a picture of- Oh, I the, think I did the, see that. Yeah. Yeah. And there was one passenger on there, and it was a doctor going wherever their destination was to go to, went to one of the hotspots to help to help out. And that was the only paying passenger on the plane. I wonder, so. I, and he may not know this, as this is more just a, a, a random question, but I wonder if actual normal citizens of the United States are actually even able to make an airline reservation right now. I wonder, I wonder if the airlines are at a point where they're like, no. You know, I don't know because I'm still getting, I get emails from another carrier for deals. So I'm sure you can I don't think that there've been any limitations placed. Now they li they do limit where they are flying to. They oh, have okay. done that. They have removed- Like instance, New York City, you're not getting into New York City right now. Right, yeah. So they have, you can still fly, but um, you can still fly. It's just that particular destination might not be available right now. On yeah. a little bit more fun note, as we start winding down our fabulous little conversation. This is a conversation <laughs> that we've had over beers, the three of us. Just okay. so y'all know, I, I am their favorite third wheel. <laughs> <laughs> You're not a third wheel. I'm proud to be that third wheel. Okay. Y'all right. are my favorite married couple to go <laughs> hang out with. <laughs> Anyhow, so one of the conversations is, you know, being the single person that I am, that we've had fun in the past is the reputation of pilots. Okay. Okay. No. <laughs> so go ahead. Not, What's not, the, what? not, not, well, obviously not, not our favorite pilot is included in this, but just the fact that pilots tend to be labeled as man whores. Okay. We're going there. Okay. <laughs> Where did you think I was going? No, I, no, no, no. Um, <laughs> Yeah, a lot of people, um, they do tend to have that uh, top gun. They think of that top gun mentality, the, you know, Mr. Joe Cool, very into himself. And yeah, they're out there. They are. There are. I've heard some stories. I've heard some stories from my husband. First of all, I think it takes a very different, obviously, it takes a very different kind of person to be a pilot. It's just, it's a very different lifestyle. 
and I think with technology the way it is today, you're not going to find a girl in every port kind of scenario like you used to, uh-huh. um, because thanks to texting, I mean, I can tell you texting has kept our marriage intact because you're able to have a conversation, you know, much more easily than waiting till he gets to the hotel at sure, night. Sure, absolutely. But there are still there are still those guys and girls out there that are, you know, they'll take advantage of the situation and it's, that's really unfortunate. But then you've also got, there are, they, there, it was called AIDS, um, aviation induced divorce syndrome, (laughs) which, um, I don't think you hear about it so much anymore, or at least Peyton hasn't talked about it uh, that much, but, uh, it happens. And, um, but I think for the most part, mostly what I hear, there are second marriages, there are third marriages that he's heard about, <laughs> um, but it's not as swinging 70s as it used to be. Okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. But they they, they yeah. definitely do. Not that I'm actively on any dating apps uh, and haven't been for a while, but they definitely <laughs> pop up. I mean, you can oh, almost, I'm sure. I mean, it's just, and there's something about the wordings that they use and Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's just it's kind of funny and then you look and see where they are and nine times out of ten it's either one hub or the other hub and uh-huh. just and they're very proud of those types are very proud of their uniforms too yeah. they'll, they'll, they'll they will not shy away from posing with their family in their uniform or posing with whomever in their uniform my husband is very as soon as he gets in the car he takes his epaulets and tie off he and then that's when I call him my super, uh, my uh, security guard because when it's just the pilot shirt and the polyester pants it's just like dude you know you could be the security guard at the local abc store yeah those guys tend to they they'll they'll sport their uniform proudly and just kind of puff their chest a little bit no thank you proud like a peacock (laughs) proud like a peacock i'll take my security guard any day it's so any day so what else what else can you tell us about being the wife of a pilot Um, the last thing, well, one of the things too, it took me a while to get used to is just doing things solo, like social things, not just being comfortable with being on my own and not worrying about, you know, cause you see, you go to a social event more so when you're younger too, you go to a social event and well, she's married, but her husband's not home. And, you know, she's talking to that guy. Well, that guy is her dentist or what, you know, it's, right. you just have to be, you just have to be comfortable with who you are and not, and not worry about what other people are going to assume because that's, that's their problem, not yours. Absolutely. And yeah, just because the husband isn't home, call us. We're looking to do stuff. I promise you that we don't, we don't have to wait for our husband to be our date. We can, <laughs> we I know. Can <laughs> so you're, um, you're, you're really good with being my spontaneous, let's go grab a beer. And I miss those man, days. Yeah. I know. I know. There have been many times where I'm like, <gasps> hey, c- no, can't nope, call Kristen. Can't do it. Nobody can call anyone. I know. And you know, Zoom, the novelty, it's, it's cute, but after a while, it just doesn't cut it. No, we just it don't doesn't. get the, yeah. It's not the same but we'll vibe. get there. We- we'll get back there. Hopefully we'll sooner rather than later. So, right. all right. Yeah. Stacy, the wife of a pilot, thank you <laughs> for sharing your insight with everyone. Thank you for having me and um, listening to me ramble on. I'm happy to be here anytime. 
And that, my friends, is a wrap on this week's show. Thanks so much for listening. You can get all of the episodes at conversationsontherocks.com. You can also follow me on Twitter, and that's at Kristen Dokas, K-R-I-S-T-E-N-D-A-U-K-A-S. Until next week, keep it real, and let's hear what your story is.